Hello, this is Aaron, and welcome back to the podcast. I've read a number of articles about different governments that have been uh, taken over, if you will, by conservative insurgents who won elections or otherwise managed to get themselves uh, appointed to the board. So one of them is in Ottawa County, Michigan, which is in western Michigan near uh, uh, Grand Rapids and uh, just a little bit west of Grand Rapids. Uh, there's been a number of articles this year, one in Politico, and maybe it was in the Washington Post recently, what happens when the far right takes over your town, something like that. Uh, there's also been a little kerfuffle around North Idaho College in Coeur d'Alene. And there was uh, some controversies here in Indianapolis about the Hamilton East Library uh, and some controversies there after a more conservative board took over. And I'm going to talk about the library one just a little bit because it shows some of the challenges. Uh, but one of the things that I've noticed uh, uh, from these is there's some common themes that I observe. Number one, clearly the media and all the others kind of like mainstream institutions of that type are going to be extremely hostile to any sort of genuine conservative uh, takeover of any of these institutions. And so if that is to happen, then, you know, they can expect essentially relentless hostility uh, from the media over it. They're not going to get anything other than totally hostile media. And the employees of these governmental entities uh, are probably going to, you know, be somewhat you know, cooperating with the media to generate this bad publicity for you. So that's one. Secondly, and I'm not going to dive too much into this, uh, but I want to highlight it, uh, which is, and I've seen this particularly in Ottawa County reporting and in uh, the North Idaho College situation, is these new boards kind of got themselves tripped up a little bit over process issues. Uh, that is to say, uh, you know, sort of the people who don't like them, the left-wing activist class, are looking for them to make any error in process. Oh, you fired the president of the college, which the board can do, but, you know, you didn't follow the right procedure for firing the president, and so now we're going to sue you. And so they're getting tripped up a lot on all these procedural issues. And uh, what you see, this is, all, this is very asymmetric in the sense that, um, you know, if, if you're conservative trying to do something, you know, the procedural laws are going to be uh, applied very strictly against you by courts and things of that nature. Um, that's why, um, you know, for example, they wouldn't let Donald Trump ask this, a question about uh, citizenship on the census. The Supreme Court didn't want it in there. And so they just kind of invented some procedural region. Whereas, you know, Obama, he's able to just create this DACA program and essentially hand out de facto green cards to all these, you know, illegals. And yet somehow the courts have managed to, you know, never find any procedural defects there, even though there seem to be some. And so you got to understand, this is just going to be one of the ways control over procedural outcomes is one of the ways that uh, sort of the left entrenches its power. But nevertheless, one of the things it shows is these groups of people come in, and the truth is, they just really don't know how it works. One of the reasons they make a lot of these procedural errors is because 
they're naive and new, you know, kind of inexperienced when it comes to government. And they just haven't educated themselves on how it works. And so, you know, I think this is part of the problem. Uh, you know, when you're going to run for office and you're coming in in a situation where you know the institution's going to be hostile to you, you know that the media is going to be hostile to you, you know, it is incumbent upon you to master the procedures, to master, you know, all of the legal requirements so that when you actually start operating, you know, you're doing things in accordance with the rules, right? That's a legitimate defect of a lot of these people who've been elected. They, frankly, didn't know how the government worked <laughs> and are trying to figure it out on the job. And this is part of what's getting them. And so uh, I think this is, you know, this is very common, I think, with, with conservatives. They like to complain about things and maybe even create some kind of insurgent movements and yet it's sort of like the dog, you know, who caught the car. Now, what am I going to do? They actually don't have like a, a strong policy agenda. They don't have strong knowledge of these entities and how they function and what they do. And it really puts them at a huge disadvantage. And so they get zapped because it becomes very obvious that they have not mastered the procedural details. <clears throat> so that's kind of one thing to get zapped up on. Another one, and I want to talk about this Hamilton East Library thing. I'm sitting here, I'm holding an article I just printed out in the Indianapolis Star. Teen shelves half empty at Hamilton East as library conducts $300,000 board pushed book review. So uh, what happened here was that there was a new conservative library board you know, that can't got into place somehow. I'm not sure exactly uh, what the procedure is for selecting the library board. And they ordered the staff to review all of the books that were in the children's and the young adults section. And uh, for any of those that were deemed age inappropriate due to sexual content or things of that nature, they weren't to be banned, they weren't to be removed, but they were to be um, moved to the adult section. They weren't to be in these kind of children's sections anymore. And, you know, that sounds, you know, good on its face. But what they discovered and, and what's happening here, again, you've got a very hostile media that's looking to paint you in a bad light, and you have a profession, the library profession, and a library institution that is deeply institutionally leftist. There are certain professions in, you know, especially in the public sector, I would say education, public health, uh, libraries, uh, there may be others, that are just completely structurally leftist. That is to say, the field itself is almost entirely populated by people who are very much on the left and you know, all of the professional standards, the, you know, the educational bodies, et cetera, every standard of what it means to be a professional of that field is essentially oriented around, you know, sort of being being on the left. You know, I, for a long time and for years, I somehow got on the American Public Health Association uh, mailing list. So I would get all of their press releases. And I'm not joking, 95% of their press releases seem to be some variation of, you know, kind of left politics that does not on its face have much to do with what the ordinary person 
would think of as public health. Climate change is a public health issue. It's like we need to do something about climate change. We need to do something about gun control. We need to do something about racism. I mean, it's literally on down the line. Every Democrat political talking point is essentially recapitulated as a public health issue. And that's just the nature of this field and what it does. And, you know, no surprise to me whatsoever that they were unprepared for a pandemic. <laughs> Let me put it to this way, uh, because that's not where they seem to be spending their time. Uh, and that seems to be not be their emphasis based on what I see. So when you come in, you come in and you're a conservative, you're now running the library. You probably don't know anything about how libraries work. You probably don't have any backgrounds in the procedures, et cetera. The entire institution and the entire profession has the deck stacked against you. And you have a hostile media. That is a recipe for things not to go well. And that's what happened here. I think they these people actually did a uh, smart thing in that they didn't tell the, the library to get rid of anything. They were smart enough to figure out they were going to get accused of banning books uh, if they said we want to deaccession any of these any of these books. So they said let's just move them to the adult section. And so, but who's charged with carrying that out? The staff. And does this staff have any interest whatsoever <clears throat> in what the board is asking them to do? No. So it's very obvious the staff is going to do everything in their power to undermine this and make it fail. So this idea that the shelves are empty, well, that's probably in part what they what they did. Another one that I this is this is what really got my uh, attention here uh, was gone from the teen section are books on puberty, Captain America comics. And Marvel's Avenger graphic novels. I'm like, Captain America? What's gone with Captain America? And then I, when I printed the article this morning, it has an update. Update at the top of it. A spokeswoman for the Hamilton East Public Library said Captain America comics and other Marvel superhero graphics novels uh, from a list of reviewed works shared this month were removed in era, error. These items will remain in the high school graphic novel section. And the first thing I think is, were they removed in error? Or did the librarians intentionally remove them in order to get them into that article? It strikes me as highly implausible that this uh, writer for a deeply cash-strapped newspaper would just happen to notice that Captain America was not on the shelves. How did this person discover that Captain America had been moved from the young adult to the adults to the adult section somebody obviously had to tell this person that well is it maybe the librarians themselves i don't know i'm not i'm not i don't know that but it sounds like the sort of thing that a hostile staff might do let's empty the shelves let's interpret this in a way that is maximally going to create problems. Let's empty the shelves. Let's say we have to read every single word of every single book. It's going to have to hire all these people and, and all this stuff. Clearly, they're going to undermine what you're trying to do. And it gets turned into sort of a fiasco. And part of the reason that it's sort of a fiasco, and this is the other thing, I, uh, this is what I really wanted to get at on this. Um, 
Libraries have been a big kind of source of controversy lately. Uh, you know, con well, conservatives don't necessarily like a lot of things that public libraries are doing. Interestingly, it seems to be that like conservative homeschooling mom types are really some of the biggest patrons of the library. You know, my, my wife, uh, if she doesn't mind my saying so, always makes this observation, like, you've ever looked at who actually patronizes a library? You know, I go to the library a lot. She was, I go to the library a lot. I see who's there. And there are a lot of sort of Christian homeschooling mom types who go to the library. So there's a massive disconnect between who uses the library and the people who are running it. But here's something. So far as I know, there is not a single policy analyst anywhere in the vast landscape of Conservatism, Inc. that studies libraries. I happen to have one friend who works for a conservative think tank who is very passionate about libraries, and he sort of studies libraries on his own. In fact, he's probably the closest thing to an expert, maybe the only expert on libraries in the conservative world. His think tank explicitly declines to publish or support work that he does on libraries. They're like, this is not a topic that we're interested in. It's not a topic that we want to cover. And so, unlike in a lot of other areas, like, say, tax policy or maybe even gun policy, where you've got all these organizations that produce policy positions and white papers and model legislation, when it comes to libraries, when one of these groups actually manages to get themselves, right, installed as the people who are in charge of the library, they don't have any policy papers they can download. They don't have any model executive or, you know, kind of board actions they can do. They're literally just got to kind of make it up themselves. No wonder it doesn't go well. There has been zero R&D by conservatives put into public libraries, as far as I can tell. And so there's an entire sort of, uh, you know, government, uh, you know, branch of government functioning at the local level, predominantly, in which, you know, it's entirely a structurally leftist profession, and there's not even, you know, one conservative studying it. It's, it's been a field that's been completely abandoned. And then no surprise, no surprise that the left basically does whatever they want with libraries, and conservatives are completely and totally ineffective when they get into space. And this is, could be repeated in a lot of things. You know, you've tried, it's hard to think of a voting block, uh, you know, that you think of as stereotypically more Republican than sort of rural agricultural country voters. I don't think there's a single policy analyst at a conservative think tank studying agriculture. I know a guy who ran a very serious uh, Republican policy, conservative, not really conservative Republican, he wouldn't call it that, but like very serious policy journal. And he's like, Aaron, I'm trying to find some people to write on how we need to rethink our agricultural policy. I can't find anybody. Can't find anybody. Basically, you know, agribusiness, big ag, writes essentially the, you know, ag policy for the country. Uh, certainly from the Republican standpoint, there's nobody studying this stuff. It's really amazing. And again, there's enormous, enormous amounts of money in conservatism, Inc. landscape. Nobody's actually studying libraries. Hey, wouldn't it be interesting if we actually knew something? Wouldn't it be interesting if we came up with, with policies 
in a playbook. So there's, there's all kinds of organizations out there. There's one called ALEC, A-L-E-C. They're sort of a right-wing boogeyman to a lot of people. I, you know, I think like Coke-type money and stuff is there. But it uh, stands for American Legislative Exchange Council. And what they do is they create model legislation on predominantly economic policy topics that are sort of favorable to a kind of a libertarian approach. So if you're like a new state legislature legislator in, you know, Nebraska, you've got groups like Alec, you got a whole, you know, landscape of places you can look for legislation and policy that may have been implemented somewhere else, has been really thought through, that's got a lot of analysts there. Now you may agree with it or disagree with it. It may be good or bad, but it exists. But when it comes to something like libraries, there's nothing there. Frankly, when it comes to a lot of local government, there's extremely little there. Even though, as we see, these are things that have a tremendous impact. So what I'd say is, you know, if you are a conservative person and you don't like what some of these these governmental entities are doing, and, you know, you would like to, you know, maybe change things politically, number one, you know, you have to actually know something about it. You know, you can't, you can't just say, I don't like this. And so I want to get on the board and say, stop. If you want to get on the board of something, you actually have to know how it works. You have to know how the procedures work. You have to understand this. You need to understand who you're dealing with in terms of the staff. You need to have a much more sophisticated understanding of like how to implement policy and push and change. So that's one thing. I, I was thinking about libraries. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, I would be interested in pushing, and this could even be done at the state level. And again, maybe it's even, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm just throwing this out here as an idea. Maybe this would be a good one to study. Is there actually any transparency on what these libraries are doing? So if a conservative kind of organization gets control of a library and says, we don't want a certain book, you know, deaccessioning that book from the library is the media is going to call that banning the book. Well, guess what? The left bans books every single day. Libraries deaccession. I mean, I don't even know the term libraries use a museum. What's that deaccessioning and artwork? They get rid of books all the time, right? And then they buy books all the time. I'd like to have. I would like to have a requirement that libraries have to have a publicly downloadable database of all the books they get got rid of and all the books they're buying, and essentially their entire inventory along with circulation. That would just be basic transparency information that I think we would want to know, sort of open data, and go back 10 or 15 years. And then we can download it, import it into a database, run analysis on it. I think one of the things I would speculate we're finding is, for example, in children's books, they're getting rid of a lot of classics children's books, and they're bringing in propaganda. You go to children's section of any library now, there's shelves of propaganda. Very little of it ever seems to be, yeah, I don't know if it's checked out, but there aren't people looking at it uh, when they're there, and it's becoming harder and harder to find children's classics. You know, wouldn't it be nice to be able to say, wait a minute, here's the 50 books our library banned this week. Why are they getting rid of these classic books? And so I think just, just having some transparency would be good. Another thing that might be good is, you know, encouraging, um, you know, sort of, you know, more conservative Christian women to go into kind of the librarian profession, the way that a lot of them have gone into teaching. Uh, you know, it, it, again, the people who go into the library field uh, tend to be very far left. And yet we see on the library, it tends to be a lot of conservative homeschooling mom types 
who are at the library, why not encourage them to go into the field? Why not say, if you thought about getting a master's in library science, being able to work in a library? Oh, maybe some of these classical Christian schools, I don't know if they have libraries. You know, maybe they should, um, you know, raise enough money to have a good library and be hiring good, you know, conservative Christian librarians. And then, oh, by the way, when these people actually manage to take over a library, they actually have a pool of people they can draw from and hiring. Oh, we need to hire a new head of our library system. We don't like the current head of it. Here's an actual qualified librarian who actually knows what it means to run a library that we could hire. You know, right now you can't even hire staff. This is the problem that they run into um, with schools too. Oh, I'm, you know, we have this new, you know, conservative parents-oriented school board. Well, great. Who's going to be your superintendent? Is there a single person in the entire country, you know, that has views congruent with you to hire as a superintendent that's qualified to be a superintendent, certified to be, has all the licensing to be a superintendent? Probably not. And so you have to build up a pool of people that can do it. And certainly I think um, the library field is one where certainly, uh, you know, uh, conservatives could be building that up. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, like uh, libraries are not necessarily my, uh, my thing necessarily, but I think it's a microcosm of the problem. Conservatives, you know, they, they're not, they don't go into the field. It's probably not always a great comfortable field, field for them to go into right now. Uh, because, you know, again, it's very institutionally left. They don't really study it, so they really have no clue. Uh, at all. Uh, they have, you know, they don't have people with professional backgrounds in the field. They don't have any policy analysts studying it, so they don't know what to do. They're not very procedurally up to date in expertise. And then, you know, you end up, uh, you know, you get in there and the next thing you know, that the librarians and all that, they're able to trip you up and you don't really know what you're doing. And that's what happens. And uh, I got this uh, comment here from a guy, Forge and Anvil. It's interesting to see how even in small rural areas, the libraries are targeted by the left. They don't need to be targeted because all librarians and the entire nature of the field and its professional development and everything that they do is institutionally leftist. And so if you're going to hire a librarian at your rural library, you know, this is going to be someone who's basically oriented in that direction. It, it doesn't require any particular targeting. Oh, we're going to take over the you know, North Smithville, Iowa library or something like that. No, they're going to hire somebody and that's the pool that you hire from. And it's one of these things where, you know, there's credentialing. So, you know, you have to get, I mean, a lot of these fields, it's interesting, a lot of these structurally leftist fields, you know, like public health, uh, like librarian, like social work, these are fields, that's social work, there's another one, these are fields where essentially the entry-level credential is a master's degree. So it's it's a master's degree in, you know, a highly left-wing type oriented master's degree, and you go get it. And um, and so there's, there's professional barriers to entry in terms of this credentialing. And um, that makes it, you know, hard. Oh, I'll just, I'll just hire these people. You can't necessarily hire them if they don't have the credentials and things of that nature. And so, I mean, this is just the situation I think that conservatives, they thought, we'll just, we'll just vote. Well, who are you going to vote for? Do they actually know anything whatsoever about even the basic procedures of government? Do they know, like, anything about how to actually run the system, what it's doing? Too often, the answer is no. And then they're going to get bad press no matter what, but you're going up against an entrenched, you know, sort of 
employee base who you know disagree with everything that you stand for they may not be bad people i'm not saying they're terrible people but certainly they have completely different views about the world and they can just completely undermine everything that you do uh and so you know if conservatives want to be able to govern in any of these institutions any of these fields then you know they need to uh dramatically change the nature of the game it's not just about winning a seat on a board you know it's about educating your candidates so that they actually know what's going on in terms of procedures it's about building up a cadre of people who could potentially work in this field you know it's about having policy analysts who are actually studying it to learn what's going on uh in there you know and uh you know libraries for example seem to be moving away from books more towards trying to be some sort of community service center is that a good thing or a bad thing i don't know uh but like studying it really understanding what's going on developing policies and you know creating institutional infrastructure that allows the policies that worked to be sort of spread around and the ones that didn't work to also be spread around say hey by the way they already tried this here's the problems they ran into here's what you might want to fix and so this is stuff that's like necessary and this is what the left has they have a massive infrastructure uh of things that allow them to do that that's why when they come up with these policy ideas they're able to like shove them through their system and the next thing you know you know every library in town is sound signed on to the latest fad uh you know conservatives don't want to do any of that stuff and that's the hard stuff and uh so i just think i just want to point that out there this is what we see you know conservatives are simply you know not prepared to govern and that is a problem and that needs to change if conservatives want to have any hope of actually effecting change positive change in a durable manner in these organizations so with that uh, I will wrap up and talk to you in a couple weeks because I think next week is going to be the audio version of the newsletter.